Hey listeners, it's Allie from the editing room here to tell you that this, we recorded this episode like a month ago, and it just, life is difficult, and it took a while for us to get edited. Hashtag resistance will continue. We will, we have watched two episodes of Star Wars and podcasted about zero since then, and I think there's maybe two more that we need to watch before we're caught up. I don't remember, but I like the show, so we're gonna watch it, and if we pod, if podcast good, go cast bye Resistance, the Star Wars Resistance Discussion Podcast. I'm Nora, my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Allison Coffee, and my pronouns are she, her. I said Nora instead of Nora Blake. Do you want to start from the top, or let's just go? I vote we just go. I don't, let's just go. Let's, let's just... put that hyperfuel, baby. <laughs> Today we're talking about episode three of season one. Presumably there's a season two. Anyway... Fuel for the fire, or new friends pressure Kaz to steal dangerous fuel. This is episode four, Fuel for the Fire, or still struggling to fit in as a mechanic at Eager's repair shop, Kaz is befriended by the young racer Jace Rucklin and his associates, voiced by Elijah Wood. Having gained Kaz's trust after staging a rescue during a swoop bike ocean race, that's a weird way I said that, Rucklin convinces Kaz to let him visit Eager's trophy room under the pretext of seeing Eager's racer. Rucklin steals a bottle of Corellian hyperfuel for his racer. Upon learning of the theft and the volatile nature of the hyperfuel, Kaz saves Rucklin's life but earns the enmity of the young racer and his friends. Despite his unsatisfactory performance, Yeager gives Kaz a second chance because he views him as a good person who saved Rucklin from himself. So, Nora, what do you think of Team Cardinal? Uh, this is like Team Cardinal if Team Cardinal fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Rucklin's gang is Team Cardinal, like a cooler Team Cardinal that fucks. You're not wrong. Okay, okay. The premise of this episode basically is that Kaz gets a real bad crush on a boy, and when a cr- when the boy tells him to make bad choices, he's like, "Yes, boy. Yes, I will make those bad choices." And, it's- and then he feels bad about him. I, I said to Nora several times while we were watching, I've never heard of queer baiting in my life. This show definitely isn't doing that right now. I don't think it is. I don't I don't think it is, but it could get there. <laughs> you know? I think Rucklin is definitely the Virgil. He does have white hair. Mm-hmm. 
That's as far as I know how to take this joke. I am convinced that Tam is force sensitive at this point. I'm like, I'm. We didn't get like any Tam in this episode. What makes you say that? Because she appears in Yeager's room and uh, he's like, give him a chance. I gave you one. And it just felt like they clearly have a history and she's got some shit in her past and I'm convinced that it is that she is former Luke Padawan. I didn't get that vibe at all. I'm like wholly in agreement with you, 100%, except I just didn't get that from the exchange with Yeager. Yeah. uh, That's not just from that, but I don't know. I don't know. I think this is my least favorite episode so far. I think because we didn't get hardly any Niku or uh, uh, Tam. Flicks and Orca? Huh? Flicks and Orca? No, we got zero Flicks and Orca. We got almost no Niku except for one scene where Kaz is very mean to Niku and I hate Kaz now. And mm-hmm. um, almost no Tam. A lot of Yeager, but not enough Yeager. Yeager is a former Rebellion pilot. Yeah. Yeager was at, the, was battle at the Battle of Jakku. Yeager was standing in front of a like, burned-out Star Destroyer. Yeager was standing in front of the burned-out Star Destroyer IMO. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. I didn't make that connection. I'd have to rewatch it and look at the angle and see if like it's the, it's in the right be, position. Like, this that seems like something they would do, right? Star Wars is so full of magical coincidences. That's how the Force the Force is basically a magical coincidence machine. Well, I mean, the Force actually is plot is literally like this force of storytelling. Yeah. So, depending on there are various interpretations regarding the missing final act. However, only my theory is correct. <laughs> Um, someday we're gonna do that fucking Final Fantasy 7 podcast <laughs> uh, so yeah Eager's former rebel uh, had a fa- had slash has a family the, the word that Cass says is had and like the expression on Eager's face is had I don't know could be but that could be had like died in the war or could be had like got a divorce Equally plausible. Yeager definitely seems like the kind of person who would have either of those tragic backstories. Maybe both. Maybe both! <laughs> Honestly, who knows? The more Star Wars answer is that, um... The more Star Wars answer like- is that died in the war, I feel like... I feel like Star Wars leans more to estranged family than dead family. Okay, now, with the word estranged, I'm more convinced, because divorced feels like a word that Star Wars wouldn't touch. No. Even Han and Leia, like... Separated. They weren't divorced. They weren't even separated, they just split up. Yeah. Who knows, did they even get married? Who knows? Is marriage canon? Is marriage a thing in a world without Judeo-Christian traditions that were appropriated from previous, like, traditions? 
I'm gonna look at Wikipedia on Wikipedia and search for the word marriage. I can go for the marriage canon page or the marriage legends page. Oh, when you just Google it, you get. Oh my God. Huh. Marriage Room was a commercial establishment on the first Death Star. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Wait, of course marriage is a thing. It happens in episode two. Shut up. It's new canon. <laughs> the prequels are still canon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just stupid is the thing. I was just a fool is the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marriage was the formerly recognized union of two beings as partners in a relationship. A re- marriage ceremony, which could be presided over by a clergy member, was referred to as a wedding. In the Jedi Order, attachment and possession were forbidden because they could lead to jealousy of fear of loss and ultimately the dark side of the Force. The reason Jedi were not allowed to marry... In some cultures, males had more than one spouse at a time, such as the alpha bulls of the Crowlute species, who had senior spouses, junior spouses, and concubines. Marriage between two beings of the same sex also occurred. Marriages could be dissolved through divorce, which is a hyperlink. Of course it is. Hey, who is Mara Jade Skywalker? <laughs> no one anymore. <laughs> yeah, who is Ma- who was Mara Jade Skywalker? Former Hand of the Emperor turned Jedi and wife of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's what I just <laughs> learned on this webpage. Um, Jedi Master upon the Jedi High Council, which was apparently a thing after Empire, during the predations of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Was Thrawn the Palpatine after Palpatine? Kinda. Okay. Until Palpatine came back. I knew Palpatine came back, so I knew that was like a weird question. Divorce was the legal end of a marriage. During a mission to Starkiller Base, resistant pilot Carrie Coon threatened to divorce Temin Wexley if he transmitted the reconnaissance data from the First Order base to her T-70 X-Wing fighter. Hey, Nora. <laughs> Divorce was mentioned exactly one time, and it is in the quote, Snap Wexley, we have not been married, married long enough for you to make me a widow, and if you hit that transmit button, I swear I will divorce you. Nora, why is Thrawn hot? Oh, did you see the shirtless one? No, I didn't see the shirtless one. <laughs> Look for, just Google Thrawn Rebels, because um, he's shirtless and he punch. Oh, was he in Rebels, the TV show? Yeah, Thrawn is canon again, because he showed up in Rebels. Oh, were? He was like the prime antagonist for the third season, I think. I feel like he's less hot in Rebels than the picture I saw. Um, Shirtless. Mm, but he has a voice now. Oh, that- Okay, this is all fan art. I'm not getting any screen caps from Rebels. <laughs> I'm just... I'm getting... Ex- very explicit fan art. <laughs> um, I'm gonna Google a cursed phrase to get you a picture of what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm really into Nightwalker from the X Men. Who's that? No, what's his name? Fuck. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. There we go. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, Nightcrawler from the X Men is really hot. Especially in X-Men 2, the movie, but just generally. Mm -hmm. 
All incarnations of Nightcrawler are hot, IMO. I'm going to send you a not hot picture of Thrawn real quick. This is an amazing photo. Uh-huh. Um... You can join it at home, listeners, if you Google Thrawn. Okay, okay. Now look at this. Look at this young man. Fuck this. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> this is what you find hot? No, 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 no. I said this one was not hot. Oh, this is Bill Pullman. Is that Bill Pullman? <laughs> no, but like it could be. It could be. I believed it. I hate it. <laughs> I have to make it the episode art now, right? <laughs> <sighs> this with like a bunch of heart emojis around it, maybe. No, I don't know. No. no, I'm I I really love Dorito Seven, and I'm keeping that as the episode art. But I'll drop a link in there for you listeners. I don't have anything to say about Rebels. This was. I enjoyed watching this episode, but have no feelings about it because I didn't get, I got more time with Kaz and Kaz is still like as clueless as he was in the last episode. And Mm -hmm. none of the other characters got quite as developed as I would want. We introduced these three new people. Welcome to Star Wars. Yeah. We got these three new people who I thought were going to stop showing up, and then they threatened to show up again at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It, we'll see them one more time, probably. I'm going. I'm betting on two more times. Well, the last episode of this season is named in such a way that I think it might be a race. Okay. Um, I'm doing a yawn. Also, that time I retook a line was because I wanted you to cut it, and I want to say that I, so that yeah, you yeah, actually yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gathered because we had that you conversation been last doing time. That. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> this is Allie coming in to you from the editing room to say, I don't know what the fuck Nora is talking about. I've been listening, and I cannot figure out where she retook a line. I have no idea what she's talking about. I hope I cut it out. I hope I did a good job editing. I hope she's not mad. No fucking clue what she's talking about here. I guess I'm the bad editor. It's me, the bad editor. Your friend, Allison Coffee, signing out. I'll be more careful this time. I feel like I I'll should be talk careful. about... careful. St- You'll be dead. I feel like I should talk about what? Star Wars more. But this episode just doesn't have a ton for me to talk about. This is where it feels like a cartoon. You know, like this is where it feels like a cartoon for children to watch on Cartoon Network or wherever they watch it. Disney XD. Disney XD. Home of Austin Walker. (laughs) Um, What are your Django Fett feelings, Nora? Uh, Django Fett was just a man trying to find his way in the galaxy. Is that a thing that Django Fett says at some point? That's the thing he says in episode two. Okay. Thanks, Nora. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe Django was more of a more of a victim than people like allow him to be. Huh. What does that mean? I mean, they made a big army out of him. Yeah. He's just a Han Solo. He's just, he's just trying to have a family, and he's just trying to like live a a 
a semi-quiet life. Like, he's a bounty hunter, but he's not, like... He's not out there killing people for fun or anything. He's, like, catching criminals. Mostly. Is the is the implication in episode two that Boba is a clone of Django? I mean, implication is kind of a weak word for what they outright state. Okay, okay. <laughs> He's the only unmodified clone. Okay. So he doesn't have the double li- the double aging, and he doesn't have the like implants or the the like hyper fast training that they all go through. Okay. Hey, here's another question for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to remember. It. You started campaign. Do you have clone trooper questions? I okay. So I listened to one episode and it was very cute. And I listened to a second episode and there was 20 minutes of combat and then 30 minutes of graphically detailing a surgery that I skipped uh-huh. past. So campaign's a little slow going. Um, okay. Question. So the conceit of episode two is that. Qui-Gon Jinn, like, just, like, put an army into the Jedi, like... No. Okay, okay. Let me tell you what I think happens in episode okay. two. Okay, this is good. This is good content. Hit me. <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn took the company credit card from the Jedi Council and bought an army, mm-hmm. and then Obi-Wan Kenobi showed up five years later and was like, fucking, what are you talking about? <laughs> Is that what happens? Uh-huh. No. Okay. <laughs> Where does that army so come from? <laughs> there's an attack on Senator Pal- Sen- Palpatine, Senator Amidala's life. Mm-hmm. They want to protect her, and then there's another attempt on her life, and they chase the assassin, and then the assassin is killed by another assassin who hired her. Okay, I remember chasing Obi-Wan I remember chasing her him. through the streets. Yeah. Obi-Wan traces that guy to Kamino through the Saber Dark. Kamino is one of the few dumb Star Wars words I still know. A Kamino Saber Dart. <laughs> and then um traces that back to Kamino and finds Django who killed the assassin who was trying to kill Padme. And when he's there, they're like, Oh hey, the Jedi are back to pick up their army. He's like, excuse me? And then the Kaminoans are like, yeah, yeah, Jedi Master Sypha Diaz came in uh, ten years ago, or five years ago, and ordered a clone army. I and, thought, why did I think it was Qui-Gon Jinn that had ordered a clone and army? And then Obi-Wan is like, Sypha Diaz has been dead for ten years, that's weird. Uh, but we have an army now, and also the Separatists are going to secede from the Galactic Republic, so we can do something about that now. Um, so does... Does Obi-Wan, like, call Yoda and ask about that? <laughs> yeah, but then he's captured by Count Dooku. Okay. Um, also, the Confederacy of Independent Systems got a really raw deal out of all of this. Yeah. Those they are the Separatists, right? They had, Yeah, they had legitimate grievances with the huge hegemonic, like, fucking galaxy-spanning empire mm-hmm. that was already an empire, really. It's a republic. <laughs> it's called a republic. <laughs> um, and then those grievances were sort of like taken in by a handful of 
extremely powerful individuals and which were the Sith who turned that entire movement against like a side they were already controlling and in a pointless war to to put Palpatine in charge mm-hmm. and kill the Jedi. Yeah, and kill the Jedi. And so like when you think about it, like, first of all, there aren't any humans in the in the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Oh really? They're all they're all aliens. Hmm. Star Wars is a pretty human centric galaxy. Yeah. So that's interesting to note. Also, uh, the the Separatists use droids, which in the prequels is like, ah, spooky droids fight those those robots. But, like, think about the planets that have low populations mm-hmm. and probably couldn't commit much of a fighting force to an army. Mm-hmm. That's a really attractive offer is to just get these battle droids. Yeah. And they'll do a war for you. And you can, like, fight for your little planet that doesn't have a seat in the Galactic Senate because it's tiny. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That whole thing sucks. Huh. I've never thought about the Confederacy of Independent Systems before (laughs) in my life. (laughs) I also try not to think about the cis. (laughs) (gasps) No, I have thought about them because in... OG Battlefront, you can choose to play as the Republic or the CIS, and I remember frequently thinking, who the fuck are the CIS? Because I (laughs) didn't know. Right. They call them the Separatists, if anything. Yeah, see, I remember hearing the Separatists, and I think that's a phrase that gets used in Battlefront 2. The Separatists is like the big word for them that they use in in Episode 3. I think they say the Confederacy of Independent Systems may be in the text crawl of one of them, but that's it. Here's another question. What's the Trade Federation? The Trade Federation is like a tech company? Maybe? (laughs) They're a company. They're a corporation. What do they have to do with the Separatists? They're funding it. Okay. They're the ones making the battle droids? Okay. <sighs> Darth Bane. Interstellar shipping and trade conglomerate. Okay. See, I kind of thought maybe they were a conglomerate, but I didn't want to say that because I thought I was probably wrong. Hey, I'm in a... I like Star Wars. I'm really y'all. deep in a Wikipedia rabbit hole right now. Can I just ask you one more quick question? Yeah. Was Plagius um Darth Sidious Plagueis. uh big one? What's what's the big Sith called? There's a big Sith and sorry? a little Sith. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so there's Did a you rule. just ask me if if Darth Plagueis was Darth Sidious's big spoon? <laughs> D- okay. So there were Sith, right? And then there was a Sith war and then Darth Bane decides there can only be two Sith, a big Sith and a little <sighs> Sith. Right. <laughs> Was Plagius Sidious's big Sith? <sighs> yes. Pl- Darth Plagueis was the Sith Lord 
that Darth Sidious studied under. Mm -hmm. Okay. The role of the two Sith is one Sith to have the knowledge and one to, like, seek it. I knew that part. But I couldn't... I knew what that meant. I knew what big and little meant, but I couldn't think of... No, 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 that... Okay. <laughs> Off mic. Little means something very I different. I know. I know. That's the joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> e- edit that out. <laughs> I like Star Wars. I like Star Wars. But also, Darth Bane exists... But that's it. That's all there is in new canon. We have—he looks like the Shredder. Also, that's what we have. Oh, really? Because I'm—I'm going deeper into this Wikipedia rabbit hole, and I'm looking at Darth Tenebrous, who looks like half Shredder, half Cthulhu. Oh, he's a Biff. You know, like the ones that play the music in the cantina. Oh, is that replace what he is? That, replace that mask with a flute. Huh. Okay. Um, okay, now I'm just reading the Darth Bane Wikipedia page. So, uh, Nora, where can people find you online? Hold on, I gotta send you this picture of Space Shredder. Okay. And I'm not fucking around. I might be looking at the picture of Space Shredder. Yeah, I was looking at that exact picture. He looks different in old canon. Yeah, this is the only thing that exists in new canon of Darth Bane, because he showed up in an episode of The Clone Wars once. That's wild. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find my games at NeitherNora.itch.io. And you can find me on other podcasts like Digi Mondays and Halcyon Station. You can find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee. You can read my zine titled I Want to Make This Mistake with You Next to Me. It's sad. Read the content warnings. Also pay me if you'd like to pay me. Um, you could just say also pay me. Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions or comments or anecdotes about Final Fantasy 7 and its surrounding properties please do send us an email at export uh at white lotus radio at (laughs) gmail.com we have an export audio gmail at export audio podcast at gmail.com okay because we're we're gonna do ff7 episode uh sometime this month maybe we gotta figure. We're running out of this month, so we have. We need to watch Dirge of Cerberus, I guess. We've consumed the rele- the all the good parts of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> i.e., Advent <laughs> Children and Crisis Core. So now we're going to consume the last good piece of Final Fantasy VII, which is Dirge of Cerberus, <laughs> and then we're gonna have an FF7 podcast. Where we consumed every part of it except for uh, FF7 itself. I want to play FF7. It seems pretty good. Shut up, Nora. <laughs> well, you've got a week. I'm not going to play it this week. I'm not. No, the whole bit of that. I pod- guess you're not going to play it. <laughs> the whole bit of that podcast is going to be that I will have seen everything in of FF7 except FF7 itself. But like, right. Nora, you can't just like 
say Final Fantasy VII is bad. I never said Final Fantasy VII is bad. You said it's not good. I like a lot of things that aren't good. <laughs> like Crisis I, Core. I, fuck you. <laughs> Advent Infinite Children is very mystery cute. is the gift of the goddess. We seek it thus and take to the sky. Ripples form on the water's surface. The wandering soul knows no rest. <laughs> 